Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, welcome to the fifth edition of What We Sing Together, the Country Telegraph's Country City podcast. I'm uh, Keith Perry, editor of the Telegraph, and I'm here with Mantej Man. Hello, Keith. Uh, our Country City writer, Andy Turner, still on holiday. Unbelievable, he's going to have a better time than David Dixon when he comes back. Um, so, lots to talk about today. There's been two matches uh, since the last podcast, and the transfer window has shut thankfully. Um, so we'll be talking about how the squad looks now, um, all the ins and outs, and also the, the players who didn't arrive as well. Um, we'll be looking at the goalkeeper situation and thrown uh, ahead to this weekend's trip to Chesterfield. So Mantis, first things first, transfer windows shut after a another frantic deadline day, not so much for City, but um, elsewhere. How do you uh, judge the transfer window overall? So, uh, deadline day has come and gone, and in my opinion, it failed to live up to the hype, really, for City fans. Uh, Tom Davies, a 25-year-old centre-half from Portsmouth, was the only new arrival, uh, while Reese Charles Cook um, was the only person to leave the Rico Arena. Um, it's a strange one, really, with Tom Davies. Uh, I mean, uh, by all accounts, Rod McDonald and, and Jordan Willis are the, the first-choice centre-halves at the club. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Davies fits into to Robin's plans. Uh, Dom Hyam has, has played reasonably well in recent weeks since McDonald uh, picked up an injury ahead of the Yeovil game. Um, and I think he's quite sharp. So yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be like I said, it'll be interesting to see how, how Robin uh, plays it with Tom Davies, whether he's um, a squad player and an access cover or if he's really pushing for a, a, a place in that first-choice pairing. Uh, and obviously, Reese Charles Cook left. He's uh, joined League 2 rival Swindon Town now uh, on a two-year deal. Um, and that divided opinion really with the, with the Telegraph readers um, a lot of them thought that Charles Cook was probably the best keeper that we had on the books um, but since the arrival of Liam O'Brien from Portsmouth um, you know, he suddenly found himself third choice keeper at the club um, and, and you know, essentially been resigned to the 23s uh, so he's moved on uh, in an attempt to find first team football uh, and he links up with David Flickcroft the manager down at Swindon um, at the county ground who was of course his, his boss uh, Berry um, when the pair were there together um, so overall, I, th- I think the, the Mark Robbins has done reasonably well, really. I, I think in the transfer the window, he's, he's made thirteen signings. Um, as I say, I've been impressed with Rob McDonald. I think he's been a real addition. I think he's, he's better than Nathan Clark um, was at centre half last season. Uh, he's strong. He reads your game well, um, and he, 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 he grabs the, the players around him and, and, and inspires them to move forward. Um, I think Michael Doyle's addition um, and his return to the squad has, has really added a steel to the middle of the park um, and a bit of leadership that was maybe lacking last season. Um, I think he's, he's been important, really. Um, Tony Andreas' arrival from Norwich City, he looks a real clever player, um, technically very gifted. Um, and as, as we saw on, on Tuesday night against Shrewsbury Town, he's able to score goals as well. Um, and then Mark McNulty up front. I think that's a good move. Um, he's got bags of speed and, and he's happy to get in behind strikers. And again, he's, he's perfectly uh, able to play with, with the ball at his feet. Uh, but he, he's a confidence player, and I think he needs a few more goals uh, just to really get himself in the groove. 
Um, but on the whole, I, th- I think Mark Robbins has, has done what he can with the resources available to him. Um, and you know, we, we just hope that the squad is, is good enough now to, to push on and, and claim points in the league. It's it's going to be a tough league, isn't it? I think it I think is. Uh, been brought down to earth after the initial starting with a bang. Yeah, they haven't. I think I tried to allude to that in, in some of my writing. Obviously, after the first couple of games, everything was hunky dory and they were top of the league and scoring goals and keeping clean sheets, and it all looked all looked very good. But yeah, the last three games now, including uh, Shrewsbury Town and the Checker Trade on, on Tuesday night, of three consecutive defeats have essentially brought them back down to earth and maybe uh, indicates to fans and, 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 the, and the players and the staff and, and uh, journalists alike that it won't be as, as easy as first predicted and the promotion will definitely be a tough task this season. And are, are they equipped now? I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, they, they opened the defence of the Czech Trade Trophy with a very different team to the 11 that took the pitch to win it at Wembley. Yes. Um, is, is there enough goals in the side? See, the, the goals is, is the issue and, and I mean I understand why it's an issue because last season it was massive and there wasn't enough creativity and obviously not enough goals scored and ultimately that led to, to relegation from the third tier and, and that brings us to where we are now um, but you know he, he has made signings Mark McNulty's come in uh, Andreo uh, offers that creative spark he's retained Stuart Bevan um, Kwame Thomas is still on the box uh, on the books even Max Biano has been brought in from non-league um, who will, who will uh, contribute more, I'm sure, uh, as the season wears on. And obviously there's Jordan Ponticelli in, in, in the youth setup, who's been scoring goals for the 23 since the start of the season, scored a few for the first team in, in pre-season and shows a lot of promise, um, being a local lad and a City fan himself. I know supporters are keen for him to get involved. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has tried to make additions up front. Um, and as I say, after the first couple of games, they scored five goals in, in two games. Jody Jones had bagged a hat-trick and... No one's really talking about goals. Obviously, recently they've, they've, they've dried up, but we just have to hope that in the next couple of weeks that they, they find that rhythm again and, and regain that composure in front of goal. Um, a, a change of tack, really, in, in terms of transfer policy, it seems, for the club this summer. Um, last season was lots of kids, lots of loans, uh, and this season he's brought in 12, 13 players, and a lot of them on, on contracts. A lot more permanent contract, yes, um, and I mean, older, and older as well, yes. And I think, to be honest, that's he's, he's looked to find a remedy to one of the, the issues that was there last season. Um, the season before, Tony Mowbray was very successful in bringing in young loan kids, the likes of Jacob Murphy, who's now in Premier League, Newcastle United, um, Adam Armstrong, Ryan Kent, um, who's, who signed a new deal at Liverpool, and, and these boys had exceptional talent and they performed perfectly well. But Mowbray then sort of fell short the season, the season after, and. and Essentially, it was a was a panic buy uh, in the eleventh hour deadline day last year with Andre Wright um, and Danny Guy failed to live up to um, to the hype really and, and, and fill Adam Armstrong's boots. Um, so City fell short really last season in, in terms of their recruitment policy. Uh, but this season, I think Robbins um, in the summer anyway has looked to, to rectify that, and bring an experience with the likes of uh, McDonald and uh, Liam Kelly and Michael Doyle through the spine of the team um, who, who offer that guidance really to the younger boys in the squad. Um, uh, so, so I think he, he's, he's actually looked to change that, and again, we'll hope to see the, hopefully they reap the rewards from that. Credit to the club; he's clearly been back then. Yes, um, uh, I mean, I think he has. Yeah, I think they've they've supported him, and he's brought in thirteen players, um, uh, as we say. And none of them have been on, on loan deals; they're on permanent contracts. Um, obviously, James Pearson was one of those thirteen who was um, uh, who was essentially released. Um, Ahead of deadline day, uh, after his non-contract agreement was was mutually um, uh, terminated, 
Um, but yeah, it, it seems seems as if there's been, there's been some sort of backing from uh, the hierarchy of the club, and he's been able to go out and sign players on permanent deals. See how it pans out. Now, of course, um, Carl Baker, will he won't he? Will he won't he? He's not going to, is he? We uh, we don't think so. And, and Mark Robbins has, has done his bit this morning in, in coming out and confirming that. Essentially, he says that um, uh, he's taken to the club's website to say that he speaks to Carl regularly, uh, and obviously has a lot of respect for the player who's who was here during Robin's first spell at the Rico uh, but he thinks that something else is on the horizon for the 34 year old midfielder um, and that Com City will not be signing uh, Carl Baker in the immediate future um, it's been an interesting one really and a bit of a slow burner ever since Michael Doyle returned to the club um, speculation has been rife on, on social media uh, about Carl Baker's uh, potential return um, yeah, Doyle, they were carpooling down they were the yeah they were the best debates down at Portsmouth they were car sharing and uh, even room sharing at times I've heard um, and uh, Baker's um, family is still based locally to Coventry, and uh, his partner is expecting their third child um, in the coming months. So, you know, logistically, it made sense. And, and Robin's alluded to that in uh, press conferences recently, saying that media speculation surrounding his possible return was was fair to say. Um, and yesterday, at one point, it looked as if it may uh, come to fruition. Uh, Baker was um, released from his contract at, at Portsmouth um, in a a mutually um, a, 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 a mutual agreement um, and that led to more speculation that his return to City was imminent um, but he'd also been linked with a move to India um, to follow former City midfielder Connor Thomas out there um, the Indian Super League uh, on social media so it's all up in the air really about Carl Baker's future but we know now that um, he will not be a Coventry City player in the coming months OK and then there's another one that got away uh, non-league striker yes um League Two, uh, as we all know, is, is only uh, a division above non-league, really. Um, and City recruited Max Biama um, from Sutton United, the striker, um, earlier in the summer. And they were uh, reportedly linked to another uh, striker, 28-year-old Dave Tarpe, who was at Maidenhead United. Uh, and again, reportedly, according to the striker, he says that he was offered a deal at the Rico Arena, uh, but decided to turn it down because he couldn't make it work financially. Um, and uh, he basically couldn't opt to uh, move away from his, his current line of work and his... Um, his uh, sort of part-time payment that made him there to go full-time in the game um, so he, he opted to turn down the Sky Blues uh, but we understand that uh, during deadline day he then signed for League 2 rivals Barnet um, which obviously means that he's now a full-time professional um, but understandably so Barnet's a lot closer to Maidenhead and, and maybe the logistics of it will work um, seem more convenient for him than a move to City no, Not every fan was happy about that no, not every fan was happy about that, and well, not every journalist was happy about that either. To be honest, you know, people give their right arm to be offered professional contracts, and uh, if you're a City fan and City come knocking, you'd, you'd probably not have that ten to sign a deal. But uh, you know, for whatever reason, the striker opted not to do that um, and has opted to move to another League Two club. And um, you know, good luck to him. To be fair, there's a fair bit of money in non-league football now. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, famously, Rita Johnson, who was Skybird captain um, and a real fan's favourite, really, while he was here. Uh, moved off to moved down to Eastley, um, uh, not far from Southampton. Uh, we understand he, you know, he's on a decent deal down there, and I suppose there is money because money is uh, filtering its way down from the top to the bottom in football at the minute, and everyone wants to get involved. Okay, um, so last two games, Yeovil, not not a great reaction from fans after anything. No, uh, disappointing. Um, uh, it was the uh, second back-to-back. Uh, sorry, it was uh, back-to-back defeats really at Yeovil after the um, the disappointment of uh, the first defeat of the season to Newport County the, the weekend before. 
Um, and I mean, it's hard to criticise one person, but I think Liam O'Brien, who's, who's held his hands up really, uh, was at fault um, for the first goal um, uh, at Yeovil, and, and obviously was at fault for the for the Newport County winner the week before. Um, he decided to come off off his line to come and uh, retrieve a, a, a long ball from Yeovil deep into the city half, which seemed as if it was covered by Chris Stokes. Uh, but the keeper made the decision to come out, uh, and that caused a bit of a mix-up, uh, leaving Rhys Brown, the Yeovil striker, an empty net to roll the ball into. Um, so it was, a, it was a bad start really in the first half and Yeovil grew into the game with their 1-0 lead uh, as, as it wore on really and, and managed to get a second um, but City had their chances to score they, they did create stuff um, Mark McNulty looked, looked sharp again up front uh, and he, he had a penalty shout turned down uh, in the second half um, and probably should have scored in the first half um, after failing to, to put the finishing touch to probably one of the best moves of, of the game um, which included four or five City players all at once um, so yeah, it was a poor result down in Somerset. Uh, Mark Robbins was was uh, obviously disappointed with it, but you know disappointed with the fact that he, he thought the his side didn't really get the rub of the green in terms of penalty decisions, uh, which was a shame, obviously. Um, and then moving into Tuesday, City began the defence of the Secretary Trophy, um, which they obviously won back in uh, April at Wembley in front of forty three thousand Sky Blue fans. Um, and they got off to the worst possible start to League One side Shrewsbury uh, Shrewsbury Town. Um, the Shrews came to to the Rico, obviously uh, being a division higher than City now, being a, a League One club, and uh, got, you know raced into a two 0 lead in the first half, and, and City struggled to really get into their rhythm in the first forty five, and were on the back foot. Um, Shrewsbury sort of playing on playing the ball at will, really, um, but they they obviously uh, regained that composure in the second half and came out and played played well, and and, and looked as if the the tide was changing. They they. Um, Pulled one back through Tony Andrea with his first goal for the club, which was a cracking strike from 20 yards. Um, and then Mark McNulty won a penalty and, and scored um, subsequently to, to pull it back to level. Um, and from that point, it only really looked like one winner, and, and City you know, got back into it really and, and, and looked favourites to go on. Um, but Shrewsbury won the game in the last minute with a, with a free kick, and it was, it was a great strike, really. You can't really do much about that. Um, so, yeah, that's. At least they showed some fight there. Yes, they showed some fight in the second half, which was which was needed, really. I think for supporters. Do you think they would have been able to do that last season? Is there a difference? Um, yes, I think. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe this season that is a that is a slight change. Obviously, in the, in the Newport game and the, the Oval game, they they went down and were unable to to find a comeback. But in the Shrewsbury game, there were signs of improvement in the second half. They looked sharp. They looked good moving forward. Um, he actually changed the formation in the second half. Stuart Bowman came on up front, so he went with two up front. Um, instead of his preferred option of only just a lone striker and I think that, that changed things it gave Shrewsbury's defence another another element to think about really and I think it, it changed, uh, changed the momentum of the game and, and City reaped the benefit from that um, and I feel unfortunate really to, to have gone down to defeat there in the end um, after working so hard to get back into it Yeah, Bevan's not an easy player to play against is he I imagine No he's not he's, he's a tricky customer and he works hard he loves to hurry and harass defenders um, and if he plays in that lone strike position, he, he sometimes is happy to drop a bit deeper and pick the ball up and, and, and turn and face and commit defenders and goal them. Um, and his link-up play is brilliant as well. I think that's why he, he's probably still at the squad. Um, so yeah, he's a tricky player. I mean, I asked Matt Robbins uh, after the game on Tuesday if he may look to uh, change formation from his preferred four at the back, uh, two just in front uh, with, a, with a front three and then one lone striker ahead and, and see if he'd change it to maybe two up front following Bevan's impact. Um, and to that, he... Uh, Rather uh, jokingly replied that no, he wouldn't. Uh, he, he wouldn't be telling me even if he uh, intended to make that change. So it remains to be seen how he intends to play the game on Saturday. So Chesterfield away, plenty of fans going. 
Yes, uh, the Sky Blues have sold um, just under 1,200 tickets um, and there will be more available on the gate. Um, so another another bumper Sky Blue Army travelling away with the, with the side. Um, and, you know, it's, it's vital really that City uh, get back to winning ways and, and end the current run of form that they're on with the three consecutive defeats. Um, but Chesterfield will not be a, a pushover. Um, all right, they're, they're rooted to the foot of the table at the minute, having only um, secured three points from their only four games and, and obviously losing three of those. Uh, but City lost their 1-0 on their last visit to the Pro Act back in January. Um, and they've, they've got some experience in their side as well. Chesterfield, Ian Ebbett, um, experienced centre-half and Cov Kidd at centre-back. Uh, and they complete the sign with 21-year-old Bristol City striker Diego de Girolamo. Um, you'll have to... Uh, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get the BBC <laughs> pronunciation department. Yes, that, yeah. uh, he signed on loan from Bristol City. Uh, so interesting to see how he goes against the Sky Blues back four. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's vital really the City see turn the tide there and, and get back to winning ways as quickly as possible. He's hoping. Indeed.